Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another jam-packed edition of WrestleRant Radio here today, right here on EC Radio. I'm Graham Jason Matthews, joined by the one and only RJ. How's it going tonight, RJ? Doing good tonight. Doing good as well, and of course, here today we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw, Lucha Underground, which we'll get to in just a moment. I know Jared wants to talk about that, and speaking of Jared, he is our special guest here today at JJF Tweets on the Twitter. We've been trying to get him on the show for a very long time now. I'm very pleased to have him on the show. Jared, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Graham, you know. Sounds good, brother. Like I said before, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw, the whole stuff with the WWE Network as well. We have a new United States champion, Rusev, and that aired exclusively on the WWE Network last night. So we're going to be talking about that Monday Night Raw Survivor Series maybe a little bit as well, but... I want to talk about this real quick as well. Jared, we were talking about this on Twitter a little bit last week, Lucha Underground, and it's something that a lot of people do not know, but I heard a little bit of rumblings about it um, earlier this year and a couple of weeks ago, but it wasn't until I checked out the debut episode last week, I think it was last Friday that I checked it out, and I was absolutely blown away. For people that aren't familiar with it, I believe it airs on the El Rey Network on Wednesday nights, um, I think in the same time slot as TNA, I think 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, I'm not exactly sure. It's 8 o'clock, right before... Before TNA, so that worked out great for wrestling fans. Oh, okay, okay, so it's beforehand. Okay, okay. I thought it was during, because I heard some people tweeting about it during the uh, show last week. But that being said, though, I thought it was a great show. I was very much impressed. It starred the uh, Johnny Mundo, the former John Morrison from WWE, as well as a few other stars as well. So I thought it was a pretty good debut without getting into specifics about the show. Um, but Jared, it was you that specifically wanted to talk about it, so I want to get your thoughts on the show and how you could think it, it could alter WWE, because I saw you talking about that a little bit last week as well. Well, uh, well, I caught the show Friday afternoon, just like you did, and to be honest, I was really impressed by the show, you know, fortunately only three matches, but as a debut episode, I understand they need to establish things. Um, you know, great main event between, like you said, Johnny Mundo, the former John Morrison, and Prince Puma, who a lot of indie fans will know as Ricochet, um... Even if you don't check out the full show, I'd recommend checking out that match solely for the, the uh, work that those two guys put on. You know, a couple great, or a couple good matches before that. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. versus Chavo Guerrero, and we got to see the very lovely sexy star against uh, Man of Havoc, as you guys might know as Matt from Tough Enough, in a mask with a ridiculously long beard. That was Matt Cross, right? Yes, it was. Yes, I remember him. Yeah, we were talking about Evil Eyes, too. That she was also going to be. Is she on the show tomorrow night, too, as you said? She is on tomorrow night, yes. She Ah, will be working with Son of Havoc. Nice. Hopefully, they don't pick up Andy Levine, too. Hopefully, they don't pick up all the uh, tough enough rejects. I don't want to see Cameron in there. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, not, you know. Let's hope Um, not. 
Yeah, you don't want to see the uh, Miss USA in there either, but... Oh, yeah, no, not at all. No, but yeah, I thought it was but great. Yeah, de- yeah I, I definitely yeah. thought it was a great debut. I want to get your thoughts on uh, whatever. Because uh, we were talking about this a little bit last week. You said it could be some competition for WWE, possibly. Or what were your thoughts on that? Um. Well, I didn't really say competition. For, maybe not for WWE. Definitely for TNA, however. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. maybe not, yeah. 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 As far as ratings go, it might not really dip into TNA's ratings. Like I said, they are in different time slots. However, in terms of talent, TNA is looking for high-flying indie talent right now for their X division, and that's the same type that Lucha Underground is looking to attract. Mm-hmm. You know, looking for these high-flying indie guys, and they already got a big one in Ricochet and John Morrison, two guys that TNA has been scouting for a while. You know. Yeah, they got a lot of great talent on their hands. I don't know if it, it's hard to say whether it's going to be competition for TNA because RJ and I've talked about this here on the show before. They go off the air. They're not off the air, but they stop airing original episodes in a couple of weeks. I think in mid November, right, yeah. or something like that. So for the final six weeks of 2014, they're going to be airing nothing but video packages, recaps, best of the year stuff. Which I don't know how much they can do. I mean, I, I love TNA as much as the next guy, which is not that much, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, there really isn't that much content to recap from the year of 2014 because they really haven't done all that much. I mean, they've had a lot of great matches for the most part, like the Full Metal Mayhem, Bobby Lashley, Austin Aries, Jeff Hardy, Eric Young. There's a lot of good matches from this year, but there's not enough to fill six weeks of TV. You know what I mean? So by the, fi- by the time they finally get back on TV in early 2015... I don't know what, they're, what the hell they're going to do. If they but, get uh, back on TV. If they get back on TV. They have yet to announce a TV deal, but that's a whole different beast. We'll talk about that a little bit later on if we have time. But, yeah. yeah, your final thoughts, uh, your, your final thoughts, Jared, on Lucha Underground, what you see the future of that company taking in uh, weeks and months ahead. Like I said, uh, honestly, I see Lucha Underground. Uh, I'm not sure if any of your listeners remember a little promotion known as Wrestling Society X a few years ago on MTV. It reminded me a lot of WSX without all the cheesy elements that really took away from the wrestling, you know. They have a lot of great talent, great um, the commentators, the commentary really blew me away. For those who don't like the WWE's commentary, <laughs> you get guys yeah. like Van Shiro and Matt Stryker who always actually focus on the match, the competition, you know, even if you have Vampiro saying brother every five seconds like he's Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. there, there was no mentions of Air Uso that, on the show either, so I like that. <laughs> Well, other than that, I thought Lucha Underground had a great debut, and I can only look, see it looking or getting better from here. Even, I, you know, call me crazy for this, I could see it becoming the number one one-hour program in wrestling, even displacing NXT. Okay, okay, I guess only time will tell. It depends Not how the show yet, goes forward. but I could see that happening in the future. Yeah, 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 Not, maybe not in the foreseeable future, but maybe down the line as well. Only time will tell, seeing how the future of that company, what future it takes going forward. But yeah, I was overly impressed with the show, and like you said before, um, there's, a th- there's a lot of things about that show that I very much enjoy. The entering action, for one thing. The main event itself between Johnny Mundo and the, uh, and, and the main event as well. I thought that was a great, great matchup, so I really and much enjoyed also, that. Also, very smart move of Lucha Underground to put the full main event on YouTube to promote the show. I mean, that is a match you must see is on their official YouTube page, so go and watch it as soon as you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't get the network. I ended up watching the show some website like WatchWrestling.com or something like that. So I ended up watching it through them and not the actual channel because I don't even think we get that channel on 
here on campus here on Endicott, so I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, we like get you that said, jail in my country. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, like, we only get that. We only get the L. Ray in Canada. So <laughs> I had to watch it on YouTube. But like I said, fantastic show from what I saw. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a good enough show that you just go out of your way to watch it on YouTube or some other website or something like that. Hey. So I was overly impressed with that. I look forward to tuning in tomorrow night's episode. I know you want to move on, but I just need to say this. It shows like a bi- it's a big deal to me, the two backers of it, Mark Burnett, who has been the creator of Survivor and many other big reality shows, and Robert Rodriguez, well-known Hollywood director, the creator of Spy Kids. You know, with those two heavyweights behind it, this show, you know, the sky's the limit for it. I'm not a fan of the tired heel authority figure thing. Only time will tell to see how that kind of pans out. But it does have potential, though. Like you said, the commentary, I mean, it was good, but in comparison to WWE's, it was like it was godlike compared to WWE's JBL, Jerry Lawler, and Michael Cole, the, the three-ring circus they have going on on Monday nights. But even so, though, I look forward to the show, and I look forward to what the future of that company takes. But I want to transition here into the breaking news story yesterday. RJ and I talked about this briefly yesterday at dinner. The injury of the one and only Bo Dallas, who is now out with a foot injury for the next six to eight weeks. Um, not the most breaking news story in the world. It's not going to alter the world of wrestling, but... Uh, RJ, being the, the, the boat lever that you, I'm sure you are, I want to get your <laughs> thoughts on this injury, the former NXT champion. Uh, literally, right when I saw it, I literally just kept scrolling on Twitter. <laughs> it literally was just like, up, oh, okay, next, next. It's not that big of a deal. He was very... He wasn't once, doing anything anyway. He wasn't doing anything anyways, and once they made his undefeated streak not happen anymore, once he got beat, it, like he had nothing left, and he lost to R-Truth. Can't really go any further down the tonal pole than R-Truth, so... I don't know. I feel like they really misused him. I don't think he should have been called up as soon as he was. Why call him up if you're not going to use him at all? So I guess maybe the six to eight weeks going to get him off TV and forget about him for a little bit and then maybe come back ready and something to give him. I think it would be a blessing in disguise for Bo Dallas. Like you said before, I think they did a very good job of building him up via the undefeated streak early on in his run in WWE or earlier this year, not including the NXT work, which I also thought, I also thought was very, very good. The heel work in NXT was awesome. But like you said, I think there was a plan in place that was put in by Triple H himself so long ago, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, that you don't call anyone up from the developmental territory if you don't have a plan for them. So why bring up guys like Big E? And I know they did something with him and with, with him and Dolph Ziggler, remember, early last yeah. year. Adam Rose, another guy. Why even bother bringing these guys up if you're not going to do oh. anything with him? And even if that, they had the undefeated streak end at the hands of, what, R-Truth on a random episode of Raw, and they haven't done anything with the guy since. So I'm not saying he's going to come back and become WWE champion or anything <laughs> like that, but I think he could be a very entertaining act if they were to book him correctly. Like, I think they kind of see him as, like, this lovable loser kind of guy, but that's Heath Slater's kind of role there. I think he kind of fits perfectly into that role. I think Bo Dallas is a little bit is capable of a little bit more than just being that jobber guy. Um, but I very I do much enjoy his work, and I look forward to his return six to eight weeks from now. Like I said before, it's not a major breakthrough in the world of wrestling or anything like that. It's pretty forgettable seeing how he's been a jobber as of late. But uh, here's hoping they can kind of resurrect Bo Dallas's career eventually when he comes back, much much like they did with Ryback, the guy who we lost to last week. Um, he came back better than ever, so hopefully they can do the same thing with Bo Dallas upon his return to the ring in six to eight weeks from now. But uh, Jared, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Are you a Bo Lever, and what were your thoughts on uh, Bo Dallas suffering the injury last I week? I am absolutely a Bo Lever, personally. Uh, watching his run in NXT really started to uh, get me excited. Actually, I think Bo's heel work in NXT is what got Adrian Neville over to the level he was. Because you know, Adrian Neville, his popularity has kind of dwindled since Bo left NXT. 
But uh, as far as Bo's injury goes, I think he, I think, like you said, it could be a blessing in disguise for him. They really had kind of lost his character and really wasn't doing much with him. I wouldn't actually take him off TV right now because Bo's the type of character he doesn't need to wrestle to get people invested in him. He can just do those segments where he tries to get people to believe. And, you know, by the time he's ready to return to the ring, he could be a bigger star. And, you know, I've always said the whole Bo Weaver thing, trying to get Bo Weaver on his side, reminds me of one of your favorites, one of my favorite heels the last 15 years, Matt Hardy version one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with, and like I said, if Bo starts recruiting people, it could turn into a greater character. The only, the only thing I don't want him to do is what many fans want for some reason is for him to join the Wyatt family. Please, God, let that not happen. Uh, I haven't heard that. I, don't think I, need, I, I haven't heard that. I don't think what did you hear people talk about that? Whatsoever. I didn't hear anyone talk about the Wyatt family in Bo Dallas. Have you heard that rumor lately or said anything like that? I've heard it quite a bit, actually. Really? I've heard people saying Bo needs to join the Wyatt family. I don't want it to happen, you know. I think that would just take a lot. Of, it would take away what Bo is great at, and that what he's great at is being so cheesy that you have to hate the guy, which makes him such a good heel. The same thing that made him such a terrible face made him a great heel, which is what WWE thankfully figured out. No, yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, I guess I, mean, I could see the connection with the Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt being brothers in real life. So I guess that kind of makes sense. But I mean, other than that, he doesn't really... The character Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt have no means of being together whatsoever on WWE TV. But uh, yeah, even so, I think the, the injury for him was probably for the best thing. I mean, you never really want to get injured, but the guy wasn't doing anything anyway. So like I said before, hopefully they could do something better with him upon his return uh, to the ring. You know, 15... Question, though. Go ahead. Like, I understand WWE's right now bringing back Ryback with a whole big push and everything. Ryback's had that uh, reputation in the past of hurting wrestlers. First match back, he injures Bo Dallas. I mean, what will this do for Bo's career? Or not Bo's career, for Ryback. Was that... Having that reputation in the past already. Was it confirmed that Bo Dallas suffered the foot injury at the hands of Ryback in that match? Because he wrestled the next night on the main event against Sheamus, too. Um, I, I, I... Sorry, my bad. I don't. I don't watch main event. I don't have the WWE Network, so I might have missed that. But you know, you know, at least at the very least, it couldn't have helped the situation. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it depends when he was injured. I'm not exactly sure. I know he didn't work the weekend live events, so I don't know if he suffered in the match with Sheamus or the match with Ryback. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. If it was at the hands of Ryback, I don't expect it to have Ryback suffer any repercussions because it's not like Bo Dallas is like John Cena or Randy Orton or anything like that. Um, I, I don't think it's going to really matter all that much. But I mean, if he continues but to injure wrestlers, he does have that reputation of hurting people in the past. I mean, there have been people in the past that he's injured, including CM Punk, yeah, among others. No, no, no yeah, that's I what I'm saying. No. Yeah, yeah, it, it depends if it really continues. Ryback, but it definitely won't help if it's determined that he did injure Bo Dallas. No, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess if it continues and there's more reports of it, I guess we'll have to wait and see and depends It'd how... be like it. Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, Mr. Kennedy. Get the he bricks, was... buddy. <laughs> yeah, he got injured so many times they had to cut him, which sucks because I thought he had a lot of potential. But, yeah, that being said, though, I guess if it was Ryback's fault, 
I mean, I, if it continues, then they will obviously do something about it, but I guess only time will tell. But um, that being said, you mentioned the WWE Network, and there's been a lot of news lately regarding the WWE Network. It is now hashtag free, free, free for the month of November. Where's my free, free, free? Yeah, that's exactly it, too. That's something I kind of feel like we need to rant about. Not really. We don't need to go on an in-depth rant here, but having been loyal subscribers since day one of the WWE Network, and I mean, I'm not going to plan here because we've actually had the network in other countries like the UK have yet to get it, and they were supposed to get it yesterday. They cut out on 20 minutes before they were supposed to go live. A lot of BS over in the UK right now. Um, and it was a week before they go to uh, the UK for a Raw taping, so that's really shitty timing on the WWE's part. Oh, absolutely. If they plug that network, what's over next week when they're on Raw in England? That's going to be uh, hilarious I TV. I, I'm looking forward to all the fans chanting, we want the network. Oh, I'm sure, you know, but the thing is... If that the network, nothing will. I'm sure, but the thing is, is that... Because the show is taped, I guess if there was anything obscene like that, I mean, that's not really all that bad, then they'll just edit it out. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Like, if it's the authority chanting it, then it doesn't really, or if it's during the authority segment, they're heels anyway, so it doesn't matter. Why would they edit it out? They're fans chanting for something that a lot of people are saying is a failure and not getting enough subscribers. If people are chanting and cheering for the network, wouldn't they want to hear that? Wouldn't they want people to know, yeah, you know, these are 20,000 people wanting our network. Yeah, but it just looks it looks bad for their part that they kind of like drop the ball and then these people really want it, then it just looks bad on a company standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, it really all depends how it ends up going with the I, UK. I, I doubt they'll bring it up. That's like when they... Oh, no, yeah, they won't. They yeah. won't bring it up because I remember when they were supposed to bring... They were supposed to be at the WrestleMania 28 when they were supposed to have it here in the United States, the first, like... <laughs> I remember The first that. launch, and then once that, like... Once the, we hit WrestleMania, yeah. everyone's talking about it like, where is the network? And then it just never happened. They yeah, just didn't yeah, bring yeah. it up for another two years. Yeah, so. exactly. They always do that. Yeah. If there's anything bad, like they don't want to admit to, that's something <laughs> that they did wrong. They're not going to say, we're sorry. They're just going to want you to forget exactly. about it. But we're not going to forget about it. But that's the thing, that we've been loyal subscribers since day one, and we're still paying freaking nine ninety nine a month, which isn't bad. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining I'm, either, but where's my free month? Yeah, exactly. Where's our like well, payoff here? You know what I mean? I think that is kind of shitty on their part. I understand, you know, free to new subscribers, other services like this, Hulu Plus has done this before, Netflix has done this before. But it would be a sign of goodwill for WWE loyal subscribers to at some point give, like, to make this up to them. Like, at some point say, you know, hey, if you subscribe for a network for over a year consistently, we'll give you, like, half off. Exactly. That would make sense, exactly. But we're waiting for something like that to you happen. Know, they, they might do that later on. I it should mean, be like a twenty-five dollar like, I mean, gift it's card be the for one the year show anniversary yeah. of, rest- <laughs> of the <laughs> network. Free WrestleMania tickets. Um, I'm not sure exactly when. <laughs> Forgive me for that, but like, I believe this. I believe February will be the one year anniversary of the network. If you've been a subscriber since February, maybe they will do something like that. Like I said, only one can hope. I mean, we can hold out hope that they're going to do something like that. I mean, as of right now, the whole free, free, free. I'm just talking about, like, temporarily. I mean, like, in the long scheme of things, yeah, it could pay off in the end. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. But, yeah, just in the temporary, there's a lot of angry customers like RJ and myself that believe that we're entitled to something. It's more the fact that, like, it shouldn't be – they shouldn't have given it for free. They should be giving out, like, the $9.99 but not the six-month commitment. Like, I didn't, get, I didn't get any free, free, free anything. Yeah, exactly. I got a free week because the thing didn't even work. But I don't know. I just I just think it's stu- – like, they're not going to make – they'll make money on the current subscribers. But they have ads now, which they're making money off that. So I don't know. Like, I don't have a problem with the ads. I don't really I mean, care about the ads either. I understand. They're a little sneaky with this as 
they don't people realize that the uh six month commitment ends in um uh, December. They're doing this during November, so people will sign up for the free month and then be locked in for the next five. So you can understand that. Yeah, from a Why business standpoint it makes sense. Before yeah. they end that commitment thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but anyone that's already been through the six month commitment can just cancel their subscription. Yeah, because you need you just, again. That's like me and Graham can go sure, right now and just cancel our subscription and we'll be for the done next in five the... months anyway because they registered before they abolished the uh, commitment. I guess there's no more network. I, I guess there's no more six month commitment because I guess now you can sign up for only nine ninety nine a month. Like yeah. you could sign up for one yeah. month. But why they install that? Because right. they talked about that during the conference call last week. So why install something like that where you can pay only nine ninety nine a month and then cancel before the month ends and then do the whole free 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 thing? Because they're gonna get you. They're gonna get you when you sign up. They're not gonna let if you cancel like the next month. They're gonna let run it again. Oh, like, they're gonna okay, get okay. you like any other company would. Yeah. Like if you sense. like cancel your Netflix account, they still you get the whole month, but you're still paying for it. Yeah. So they they get you in some way, but I don't know. I th- I think I deserve something. Vince McMahon, listen to me. <laughs> I agree as well. But, uh, yeah, that, didn't they do the, uh, three, the free trial back in February initially as well? They did a week one. I mean, it's really isn't a couple that different. Times. I mean, they just rewarded new subscribers the same way they rewarded the initial subscribers then. Yeah, but that was because the, literally the network wouldn't work. That was half the issue. That's why people were complaining because people were paying money. Yeah. And they literally wasn't working. There's a lot of people. The first and three days I had it, I don't think I could see anything. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say, Jared? Yeah. Oh, just that, um, shit, what was I saying? Well, on oh, the top of the... that, um, you know, they did it then to cover up the fact that the network wasn't working, they were doing the whole free trial, and now they knew the network was going to be delayed, they knew the negotiations weren't where they wanted them to be in the UK, and that's why they offered the whole free, 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 free thing to try and, you know, cover it up and save face in a way. Yeah, it's typical WWE. I'm not really surprised all the shenanigans they're trying to pull. I don't know. What was that? As far as the uh, UK thing, it's not entirely WWE's fault. They have to get around the negotiation with Sky Sports, and I can't imagine they'd be easy to deal with. No, yeah. I mean, WWE, I think, recently denied that they, it was because of Sky Sports that this all happened to begin with, but WWE saying, or no, no, it was Sky Sports, I'm sorry, that denied that it was because of them that the whole thing, you know, everything happened the way it did. Um, well, I, that's I, what Sky Sports needs to say, though. I mean, they don't want to lose subscribers either. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's really hard to determine who's kind of in the right right now. I mean, we're all. I mean, it doesn't really apply to us because we're not in the UK. But I mean, speaking from their standpoint, I feel for the UK fans. The network's been live for what, like six, seven months now, and they have yet to get it, or not even six, seven months. It's been live there for like eight months, even if that actually like nine months. That sucks uh, for them that they haven't yep, had. Yeah, since February, exactly. So hopefully they can get it sooner rather than later, especially with WrestleMania and Royal Rumble and all those pay-per-views right around the corner. But um, on the topic of the WWE Network, it was last night, immediately following Monday Night Raw, they had a WWE Network exclusive matchup for the United States Championship. Rusev defeating Sheamus to become the new United States Champion. A lot of different thoughts on the matchup, the title change, how it happened, why it happened on this platform of the WWE Network. Jared, I'll ask you first, do you agree, first of all, with Rusev winning the U.S. title, and do you agree that it happened on the WWE Network? I agree absolutely with Rusev winning the U.S. title. I think it was the smartest move they could make. I mean, people have been predicting this for several months, that Rusev would be United States champion. Perfect way to get heat on him. Perfect way to get prestige back on the title. 
at the same time, though, I think it's a little ridiculous that everyone that that everyone in WWE is acting like it's the end of the world because a foreigner is holding the U.S. title when he won it from another foreigner. And he like, won it from a foreigner a too. Or no, no, uh, no. It's, it's more the fact that she's going to play the storyline of Russia versus the United States. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think they're more fearful of the fact that, that, that it was Rusev that won it, not like another foreigner, I think. Because Hulk Hogan was like, oh, it's the end of the world. John Cena's going to come to save the day. Did you see that? <laughs> I, you texted I texted me that. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what were you but, saying, Jerry? Like, you know, the reason everyone... the thing, though. People are hating on Rusev because he's, you know, he's a threat to America, because he's, you know, has ties to Russia. He has ties to all these other... Uh, to another country. When Seamus is European as well, so it doesn't exactly make a lot of sense, you know. But aside from that, uh, as far as it being on the network, I don't have a problem with it, but I think Lance Storm on Twitter summed it up best when he said, after you watch three hours of Raw and it's 11 at night, why would you watch another match? That's exactly it. I, I don't really disagree with the fact that it took place in the network. I'm okay with that. I would have preferred that it happened at Survivor Series instead because the feud started all of three days ago. So I think they could have built it up a little bit more. But So I don't have a problem with it happening on the network. But like you said, this crowd, it was not the best crowd in the, to begin with during the course of the show. So it, for it to happen after a three-hour Raw and then some beforehand because I know they taped stuff before Raw. It was not the best course of action because, like I said, it's a good way to sell the network. I mean, it's free anyway, so people might have signed up just to see that, and they're going to cancel it anyway. I don't know. But uh, it was it was a good deal on their both, uh, both Seamus and Rusev did wrestle during the show as well, so it was a little odd to see them wrestle after the show. Yeah, I don't know why Rusev they did that. Rusev was so squashed, though, so... No, Seamus was involved in the squash, too. To be too, fair, Tyson. people can yeah. make the argument that Seamus losing the Tyson kid, you know... That, that would make anyone demoralized enough that they could lose to Rusev. <laughs> That's a good point. But, you know, uh, Tyson Kidd hasn't won a match on Raw since, what, 2009? Yeah. No, I thought it was cool that Tyson Kidd got the victory, but I just I thought it was very odd that they were both on the show. They were, I guess what their excuse was, from what I read today, was that they already finalized the script for Raw and that Sheamus and Ryder were I'm Sheamus and Ryder. Sheamus and Rusev were already in matches on Raw, so they couldn't change it. So they wanted to do the title change, though, on the network, so they did it afterwards. It was something like that. I can't remember exactly. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't really have a problem with it being on the network, but the fact they had him wrestle earlier on in the night, and then Rollins was in two different matches. Like, they had to fill so much time with John Cena being away. But I don't know why that's... Fair, why even do it right after Raw? You have other shows that are network exclusive. Why not put it on main event or superstars? That's what I was thinking. I mean, I mean that's I superstars. Guess superstars don't don't care. Really that's why. Nowadays. I wouldn't. I don't think anyone. If you advertise it as a network only program, you have other network only programs that you could have put it on. That's what I was thinking too. But like RJ just said, a lot of people. I mean, superstars obviously not, but main event I can kind of see because they've been trying to push it a little bit more. But people don't care enough to tune in the main event. They haven't even. I don't know. It's really hard to say because maybe if they promoted that match at four main event, people wouldn't have an incentive to tune in. So maybe that would have been that would have made a little bit more sense. But to hold it after Raw made no sense though because the crowd didn't care and they were kind of flat for the title change. You know what I mean? And I don't really have a problem with RJ, oh, RJ with Rusev being United States champion. But um, I don't know. Just the whole timing of it all, I just didn't agree with all that much. But RJ, I want to get your thoughts on it. Do you do you think that Rusev holding the United States Championship at this point in time was the right move? And do you agree with the fact that it was on the WWE Network? Um, I agree that he won the title, and I, I I could care less if it was on the network. I feel like I I don't really have a problem with them both wrestling because they both kind of squash match. So there's nothing too major. Um, I think it's fine. That it's on the network. Like I said, it's something to plug the network. 
they can continue to do this. I don't think they should do it after Raw every time because it's kind of a long time. Obviously, like Raw is not – it is three hours in a way, but it's not all three hours of wrestling, obviously, because so many damn commercials. Like, But um, I didn't mind it. I thought it was good for him. I don't really care they didn't have a Survivor Series because they just have a rematch at Survivor Series. And then I don't, know, I don't mind it all, but it's like they can just do that for – they can just keep doing that for the network if they – after this free, free, free month, they can just have like titles, title matches on the network exclusively. So then it makes like meaning something. I don't think, I think if it wanted to make it some more like value, they'd put like a WWE title match only on the network. But I don't know how, how much they trust that and doing. But I don't know. I think it's a good idea, obviously marketing wise and as a company. But I didn't have any problem with either of them. Well, like I said on Twitter last night, too, I think this could kind of pave the way for things like a King of the Ring tournament to be brought back and held as a WWE Network exclusive. Like, if we're going to get a U.S. title exclusive match on the network, like, I don't know if he would hold that after Raw, probably not, or after SmackDown, or after, or maybe its own show or something like that. Just do that and make it network exclusive. Like, I didn't know, I was kind of sketchy on the idea beforehand, but now that they've already done this, I can kind of see this paving the way. But you and I, RJ, were talking about this last night via text. And that Sheamus, now that there's a big chance after what we saw last night, that he could be turning heel. I mean, we've been talking about this for months. But um, after the events of Monday Night Raw last night, he lost to Tyson Kidd. He attacked him afterwards. He lost first. Con- not, he didn't lose for the USA because he doesn't represent the USA. <laughs> but he lost the United States Championship. Like Much like Mark Henry, he might be going like through that stage where he like let down the USA or he let down the fans or something like that. So he's going to have to turn heel on him. You know what I mean? So I want to get your thoughts on it because we both had... We, we, we agreed on that it should happen, but we had different ways of doing it. So I want you to pitch your theory on how it could happen come Survivor Series. And if you want to see it at all. Uh, I, I'd like to see Sheamus go heel. I feel like the last couple of years, I think it was been, it's been a year since he's been He's been, he's been faced, faced for, like, oh, th- over like three and a half Yeah, years. he's been faced for a while. I don't know. Yeah. I think he did his best work as a heel. Yep. His face fell a crap. It's really getting old. <laughs> I can easily see him being on Team Cena <laughs> and screwing over them. If... I don't know what they're going to do with Orin yet. I don't know what they're doing with him. I don't yeah, know we'll talk about that in a little while, yeah. But um, I think I could easily see him being on Team Cena, like just turning on them, bro-kicking Cena. Then they could do him versus Cena TLC if Brock's not back yet. And then Five years after well, exactly. this match, I'm in a tables match. <laughs> exactly. <Why not? laughs> Five years later, I don't know. I think it's fresh. We need more heels, and why not? Yeah, exactly. I was looking at the roster depth the other day, and I'm or actually earlier today, and I'm looking at like all the top heels. Like we have so many baby faces right now, which is great. I'm not complaining. Like we have John Cena, Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton now. But you look at the heel side. We have Bray Wyatt. We have Seth Rollins, and then there's Kane. Like in the main event side of things, like on the mid card, we have the Miz, we have Cesaro, all these other guys, Mark Henry, Rusev. In the main event, we really don't have many people. So Sheamus would fill that spot very nicely. There's no one really like have a heel right now, and you need one of those established guys. And, you know, while Sheamus hasn't been relevant in a while, you know, him coming back and taking that established, taking that role as an established heel, it would definitely help him, of course. Exactly. So I ask you, Jared, if you, well, obviously you just said you want to see Sheamus go heel. How would you kind of, how do, how do you want to see it go down? Do you think it will happen that Survivor Series? Do you think he turns on Team Cena or joins Team Authority? He's a part of the Authority. How do you see it going down? Um, honestly, I do want to see Sheamus turn heel. I have no idea how they're going to do it because Seamus already acts like a dick. That's true. You can't turn a <laughs> yep. heel when they already act like a heel. I mean, that was the problem that they had with Randy Orton. Yep. But as far as uh, Seamus going heel, I would like to see it. Um, to be honest, I'm not sure how. Maybe even, like, I know there's a vacant spot in Team Authority that Randy Orton would have had. I 
honestly, I would like to see Sheamus come down at the last moment. Even, you know what, with, I'd have them leave one spot in each team vacant for Randy Orton to take the spot in Team uh, Cena and Sheamus to take the spot in Team Authority. That's what I was thinking, too, yeah. You know, and, and then you can even build that into a feud between Randy Orton and Sheamus, even though, oh, my God, this sounds awful, but right now I can't think of anything better for Sheamus to do. Yeah, I guess it's only a temporary thing before they, you know. I need the guy to book. I'll, just, I'll say that. Yeah, it's, it's something for them really to do for the time being. many interesting people he would be interesting with. Yeah, Randy Orton and Sheamus are not the best opponents, but at least it'd be something for both guys to do for the foreseeable future. But yeah, I would love to see it go down that way. The only thing, and I mean, I just thought about this right now with that, and I talked about this with RJ last night, and that joining the authority would make sense, because in real life, he's, you know, a Triple H buddy, he's a Triple H guy, whatever. So it makes sense from a storyline standpoint, or a realistic standpoint. But my only fear is this, because Randy Orton, for the longest time, a lot of people, myself included, wanted to see him go heel. And he finally did when he joined the authority about a year and a half ago. Remember, at SummerSlam, Triple H turned heel. But in that entire heel run, he was made to look like a coward that entire time when he was champion. He was hiding behind Triple H. He wasn't winning many matches as champion. His his championship run, he was made to look weak. And it wasn't until just recently when he had this whole hot babyface thing. And this whole thing could wipe out. It could be, you know, dead by next month. Who knows? But as of right now, Randy Orton is at his hottest for the first time in years as a babyface. So I'm trying to think... That Sheamus, he was great as a heel on his own, but I'm thinking that maybe if he joins the Authority, he's going to turn into a weakling too. He's going to be a coward. I'm not really sure. It all depends on how they book it. I mean, they could book him as a strong heel. It all comes down to creative and how they write his character. But I'm just kind of fearful because of Randy Orton, how he ended up. As far up as what I would do with Sheamus and the Authority, if anything, something that he, since Seth Rollins already has the kind of cowardly heel thing, have Sheamus be the guy that he hides behind. Have Sheamus take over the role of Seth bodyguard or an enforcer, whatever you want to call it, because, you know, Sheamus can still look strong. He can still be the, uh, you know, the kind of a big a- big asshole the way he is at a face, except working with the authority that gives him that heel credibility. Exactly, and I think I could, I, I could definitely see that going that way, and I think that's kind of the role that Kane kind of has right now, but the only problem with Kane is that people yeah, don't see him no as a threat. no one cares about Kane. Yeah, exactly. No one cares about Kane in 2014, so he can't really fulfill that role. Sheamus, at least... I mean, they've done some damage to his character over the last couple of years with his long, tired face run. It's very funny to think that he's been a face longer than he has been a heel, which is mind-blowing because he works so much better as a heel. Um, but even so, though, I think his time is coming. They kind of teased that last night with the whole Tyson Kidd thing. Because otherwise, why would they have him lose to Tyson Kidd on Raw? Like, to, that, to me, that makes no sense. It was really, really random. And it's not going to lead to anything big for Tyson Kidd. I love Tyson Kidd, but I don't see him like getting a title shot or anything like that. I think it was more to further the story with Sheamus in that he's getting tired of being supported by the fans. I don't know. I just got a feeling that we're going to be seeing Sheamus go heel sooner rather than later. But uh, kind of moving on to Monday Night Raw from last night. Since you brought up Tyson Kidd, I will say that Tyson Kidd versus Sami Zayn took place on main event today. You know, another main roster appearance for Zayn. What does this mean for him? Does it mean he's coming up? Or is it just, you know, another random network promotion type of thing? Probably the latter, because they had the Ascension on main event a couple of months ago. It was or also the NXT stars on Raw. It was the Raw before, not Arrival. It was uh, TakeOver, TakeOver 2. So they're probably, I mean, there's no <clears throat> there's no special coming up in the near future, except for the next month. But um, 
It was probably just yeah, from on the December network. December 12th. That should be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much sure. looking forward to that. But um, I bad. think it was more so just to promote NXT, if, if anything else, because now they're just trying to promote the network as much as possible. But the main main event what, is already what, on NXT. If they were trying to promote the network, why put it on with the network. no buildup whatsoever on a show that's also network exclusive? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking right now. So I don't know. Maybe they are testing the waters it for a Sami Zayn main roster appearance. could even be just to get Sammy used to the live WWE crowds, I guess. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe they're trying to test him out, trying to test out the waters for a Sami Zayn main roster run, which is probably coming sooner rather than later. Yeah. I'm thinking in my ideal world, he debuts the night after WrestleMania. I think that'd be best when the fans would react to him the most. Um, I just think he'd get lost in the shuffle and if he was to come up in the very near future because he's. I'm getting a big, strong feeling, I think we all are, that he's going to be winning the NXT Championship in the next special. I think that goes without saying that he wins that title. Well, because so. it, is a, it is, after all, a career versus title match. I mean, it's kind of... Uh safe assumption unless they're going to bring him back under a mask. I know certain Ring of Honor fans would love to see Sami Zayn under a mask again, but probably not going to happen. Probably not, yeah. I don't see him going back to El Generico. But, yeah, that's interesting, though. I didn't know that. But uh, That would yeah. be... Don't get me wrong. I would love to see El Generico back, but it's not going to happen. Now, Sami Zayn's already over as himself, so there's really no point at, the, at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, even so, though, I, I think it's more of the fact they're trying to promote the network. Why they would do it on a show that's already on the network, I don't know, but... It's still, you know, I, I still look forward to it regardless. But moving over to Monday Night Raw, kicking off the show, there's no chance in hell the return of Vinnie Mac, Vince McMahon himself, the man that you named Raw before. I was going crazy when this guy came out because we haven't seen Mr. McMahon on Raw in at least a year and a half, so it was very cool to see him on Monday Night Raw for the first time in a very long time. Um, but he was out actually to do something of importance. He wasn't out to make a random appearance or to promote the network, which he did. But he did promote the fact that at Survivor Series, it will be Team Authority versus Team Cena. But if Team Authority loses, the Authority is no longer in charge of the WWE. So, RJ, I ask you this. Who do you see coming out on top at Survivor Series? We're going to talk about this as Survivor Series comes closer. And um, also, what do you think of the surprise appearance by Mr. McMahon last night at the start of Monday Night Raw? Um... <clears throat> Who's winning the match? I don't know. It's. Are you more compelled by the? I'm match more compelled now? by the match now. Yeah. I think they. Can, I think there's any. There's so many endless possibilities. So it's actually kind of like making me excited for the match. I think exactly. It was gonna, um, it was nice to see Vince McMahon, obviously chairman of the board. You haven't seen him in a while, so he's getting a little older though. You can see he's getting a little <laughs> aged. He's aging yeah. a little bit, but um, sixty nine, I think he is. Yeah, Jesus. he's still that. Still that guy though. So it's still f- fun to see. Love to hear his music hit, and uh, I don't know. I just. I think there's so many turns that could happen. Like if Orin's on Team Cena, I don't think he'd turn on them. I could see no, him like God. winning for Cena. I, hate that. Yeah. I could see him winning for Team Cena, then like him and Triple H going in a thing. Or you could have Sheamus turn on Team Cena, Orin team trade on Team Authority. There's so many things right now that there's still a couple of weeks left before the pay per view, so I think anything can happen. I think it's more intriguing now that they made the step, so it is what it is and hopefully I'll be amazed. I don't feel like the authority's time has come to be broken up. I want to see them split up, but I just don't feel like they're going to be breaking them up. You know what I mean? We talked about this a few weeks ago when we had John on the show that it is time to move past the authority. It's kind of it's time to move on to something new. It's run its course. Yeah, exactly. It's run its course. It's been on WWE TV for about a year and a half now, and the whole heel authority figure got tired some months ago. So I think it's time to kind of move past that into something new, and I'm definitely more compelled by the matchup than I was before. And the fact that we have a five-on-five traditional elimination tag team matchup in the main of a Survivor Series for the first time in God knows when. Do you remember the last time? Like, 05 maybe? 05, because Orton, uh, Orton won and Undertaker came back. Was that the main event? Yeah. So it probably was... 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know about 06. What happened in 06? No, Batista won the world title in 06. So yeah, I think it was 05. So the, for, the, for the first time in close to 10 years, we have an elimination tag team matchup in the main event of Survivor Series. So I'm excited for that. But uh, Jared, your thoughts on the return of the chairman of the board, Mr. McMahon, to WWE. And uh, also, are you more compelled by the Team Cena, Team Authority matchup now that the stipulation has been announced? Uh, honestly, I am, I'm a little bit compelled by the uh, stipulation. Although, to be fair, I think, um, you know, before I thought it was a toss-up because, you know, just throwing this big dominant stable, Cena in general, you know, rarely loses the whole Cena wearing the LOL thing that people like to harp on. But with this whole authority, you know, if the authority loses, they're disbanded. The only problem with that is if they just, they're disbanded, who runs the company? Like, there's no one in that role that can take over the management. So I think the authority is still going to win the match, whether it's heel turn from Sheamus, whether Randy Orton shocks everyone and turns back. I don't know, but that's still my prediction. As far as Vince McMahon returning, I think it's great. Um, you know, we haven't seen Vince in a while. Like you said, I mean, hell, you called it about a week before the actual Raw that you wanted to see Vince return, and there he was. <laughs> I was shocked, dude. That was marking out like crazy. You got it. You know. But, uh, yeah. Um, do you think it's a regular role for Vince going forward, or do you think it was a one-off thing? Um, I don't think it was a regular role. I think it's just to add to the surprise returns over the past few weeks. You know, the returns of, like, Ryback, The Rock. Um, Nick Foley. Nick Foley, yeah. You know, I think that you just want to bring back that anything-can-happen aspect. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea who's going to be next, but I'm looking forward to seeing the next Raw to see who's next to show up. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I was thinking the same exact thing. We've had so many returns in the last couple of weeks on Monday Night Raw, and it's at a time when they need it the most because I know we see some returns, you know, at Royal Rumble on the road to WrestleMania with all the part-timers. Right now, they need it the most because the product is so stale at the moment. It's kind of improved over the last couple of weeks. I'll give it that. But Although, of course, the one return everyone wants to see is the WWE Championship and the champion Brock Lesnar. But <laughs> Exactly. That's Which... a completely different can of worms to be opened later on. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know when that... We talked about the last week in, in terms of when Brock Lesnar might be coming back. Yeah, we still have no idea in time for TLC. Whenever he feels like it. Yeah, whenever he's done hunting, I guess, for the for the time being. But uh, even so, though, yeah, I, I definitely agree that it's definitely added to the unpredictability, to unpredictability of the product at a time where it desperately needs it with the football and stuff like that. Because, RJ, you were talking about it yourself. Because you watch football and Raw on two separate TVs, right? Mm-hmm. Was that the case last night, too? Yeah, I have it on every week, so... Yeah, exactly. So you, do you feel that when a return happens, maybe not in the capacity of, like, you know, a Ryback or something, but, like, a, a The Rock or Mick Foley or something, you pay more attention to Monday Night Raw yeah. than you do football? Obviously. Yeah, so they're going to try to turn your attention. I mean, they, they try to do it, too. Someone pointed this out to me, that they try to do the returns for Rock, Mick Foley, even Ryback during the halftime of the football game of whatever's going on. Of course, Mr. McMahon was at the start of the show. So that, that was, was not before the, the game started, though. So yeah, it was a little different. But um, even so, I could definitely see what they're trying to do there in terms of and like. The other thing is, if you notice, um, you can tell who WWE is high on with these returns because you can tell because if someone's in the segment with the returning legend, you can tell that they're high on them. And Dean Ambrose has interacted with in the last few weeks with both Mick Foley and Mr. McMahon. So WWE definitely has a um, definitely have a close eye on Dean and 
hopefully something big is going to happen for him later on. Yeah, and Seth Rollins and Mick Foley, Rusev and The Rock. Uh, interacting with The Rock, and now he's U.S. champion, you know. Yeah, exactly. It definitely they're goes definitely to show. Gonna, they're definitely going to have big things for these two guys. Oh, absolutely. Both guys, All three guys have very bright futures going forward, so I look forward to how they handle Rusev, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose in the coming future. But I think the roster now is in such a better place than it was, even as as far as a couple of weeks ago. Because you look at the babyface side, we have John Cena, Randy Orton when he comes back, and Dean Ambrose at the top of the card. And that's not even including Daniel Bryan whenever he comes back. I'm not even going to try to pinpoint this one. And Roman, Roman Reigns as well, and even Bad News Barrett potentially. Exactly, if he goes babyface. So we'll have to wait and see. Well, they where finally pulled the trigger on a Wade Barrett face turn when he returns, but I have no idea when that's going to be. They tried to say that it was going so to be I've in been November. I've for years to see Wade Barrett go face, and that's just something that I'm hoping happened when he returns, but... Yeah, you never know. I really keep him with this bad news stick. He's a a natural heel, but I'll say this much, that he was so over before he got injured that I think it was only a matter of time before they turned him babyface because I think it's like the fans like him so much. Dean is a... er, er, Wade Barrett is a natural heel, and he's great as a heel. But remember, that's what people said about Dean Ambrose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he's over as heck, too. Wade Barrett could get over as a face, the same way Dean has, by using those attributes, the charisma. You know, his charisma and his promo are the things that make him such a great heel, but that could also make him a great face as well. I, could, I think you can say that any guy with the shield, though. I think they could either all of them go face and heel at the same time. Everyone loves Seth Rollins, and then he went heel. I think he's a pretty good heel, too. No, all three of those guys. Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. I mean, they had their heel shtick at first, and then they went to face. But I think all of them separately could all still run the course of being heels and faces when it needs to be. I think it's definitely crucial for all superstars. Not every guy, but for all superstars to kind of have... That's a main event, yeah. Besides Cena. Yeah, Cena, yeah, obviously not. Yeah, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin was different because he could never... I mean, he was a great heel early on, but when he went heel after WrestleMania 17, it did not work. It was a massive failure. He was only good in the role of a babyface. But guys like Dean Ambrose, The Rock is a perfect example because he was so great as a heel and so awesome as a babyface that he could flip the switch at any point that he wanted to. Seth Rollins is another the same example exact way. for that. Is Mick Foley, another guy who people don't give him a lot of credit as a heel because he's so great as a face. So but Shawn- his best promos came of a heel. Shawn yeah, Michaels. Shawn Michaels as well. Easily. Exactly. Triple H, maybe. I mean, he's an okay babyface. Way better, way better heel. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. Don't even start it. No, yeah, he's not a terrible babyface. Triple H so was a great babyface if he didn't talk as much as he did as a heel, though. Yeah, yeah, he didn't talk for 20 minutes. One of the best on heels. It. I love Triple H. <laughs> you know, he talked for 20 minutes instead of 40. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I think Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Kind of Roman Reigns. People aren't really buying into Roman Reigns right now as a babyface, but like same thing with him with the whole injury thing. Maybe that's going to do him justice. No pun intended. But uh, you know, maybe people will be more into him upon his return. I don't really. Speaking know. of Triple H, I like when he did like the whole like beginning. Mind, like, before Reigns got hurt, he was selling the second most merchandise in the company. So I would say people are buying into him as face. Just you know, the you know this this demographic that we represent doesn't really buy into him. Yeah, yeah, I well, can that's see understandable that. because he's not as great in the ring as he should be at this point. Yeah, I mean that that could all change upon his return from injury, whenever that may be on the road to WrestleMania. But what were you saying about Triple H? Arjun? I was saying like the Triple H as a heel, like obviously he was way better because when he did like the whole face stick that it was like the COO and like people walking out. Oh, I, like, I hate that. It was that. so cheesy, like <laughs> just so bad. Like it just wasn't Triple H. Like once he cut his hair, like. 
The whole old heel Triple H just went away. Well, that's the thing, too. That's like the same with Jericho. I feel like Jericho never was the same after he cut his hair. When Triple H went babyface, when he was a babyface COO, he was the one that I thought was going to go heel. The whole authority thing that we have right now, I thought we were going to see that a couple of years ago when that whole thing first started. But he was always the babyface COO, and it never really made sense to me because he was pinpointing himself as like the top face of the company. Like During the walkout, he was painting himself as the best guy in the company when he wasn't even an active wrestler. Like, that made no sense to me. Like, I think he's so much better as a heel, but I think he might be best in the role of, like, this proud papa kind of role. Like, he does an NXT. Like, he comes down there. He's proud of the guys. He's not, like, cutting... He's not, like, you know, the over-the-top babyface that we've seen from him in a couple of years with the Fuge of the Undertaker and everyone else, CM Punk. Um, but I think he can kind of portray that role as a guy that doesn't really wrestle as much, if not at all, but he still shows up every once in a while to kind of praise these different guys, put him over, and he's not taking up 20 minutes of Raw every single opening segment. Like, the authority kicking off the show every single week has gotten sickening to the point, like, I don't really want to see them. I don't want to see a promo kick off the show. You know what I mean? So I think it's so much better as a heel, but the authority itself, it's just not a great act. I mean, it's like you said before, I think you said it yourself perfectly, and then it's overstated its welcome. I think it's time to pull the plug on it. And maybe you can keep Triple H heel. I don't know, but... Um, the thing is, it's hard to play a role when the role has already been played to perfection. Vince McMahon played the heel authority figure so perfectly exactly. that no one can equal it. And Triple H is among that. Triple H can't equal it. Dixie Carter can't equal it. Even Lucha Underground's Dario Cueto can't equal it. Even though he comes off as a bit of a mix between Alberto Del Rio and Eric Bischoff, he's still not as good as Vince McMahon will ever be. Yeah. That's exactly it. Mr. McMahon did it to such perfection during the Attitude Era that no one has been able to come close since. So that's one of because the reasons. He got, he got the rough from the Montreal Screwjob, though. Don't get, you know, he got that, he got the real hatred and turned it into a heel gimmick. Perfect. Just like, I mean, the only thing I can compare it to is Edge after the Matt Hardy scandal because he took that real hatred people had of him and he got it directed into his gimmick. Exactly, and I think the thing is, is that well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure both Edge and Mr. McMahon had their launching points to why they turned heel, or you know, had these heelish characters and were as over his heels as they were. But it's more important during the fact that I think they took what they had and they made the most of it. Like Mr. McMahon was so vicious, so aggressive for a guy that's not even a wrestler. Edge, the same exact thing for a guy. I mean, obviously a wrestler, but his mic skills, the math, I mean, were great anyway. But the guy, what he did, Jericho was the same exact way a couple of years ago. When he was heel over that whole 08 thing, he made sure that no one liked him whatsoever. Like, that's a true heel right there. Those are three guys who put everything they had into the characters they played. Exactly. And I think that's something that's lacking nowadays, is guys who put everything into the characters they play. The only guy I see right now who has that attribute is Damian Sandow, of all people. You know, even when you're playing, even when you're trying to imitate the Miz, it's pretty bad when he imitates the Miz better than Miz can play himself. Yeah, Damian Sandow is one of those guys that sticks to kayfabe. He, if you see him in outside interviews and stuff like that, he stays in character. I don't think I've yet to see an interview with him that he's not in character. Like, he is great in anything he does. That's why I love Damian Sandow. I've, I've said it for a while that Damian Sandow would be a, a fantastic actor because of that, because of his attention to detail and his dedication. Exactly. That's why he makes such a great superstar. I think some of the greatest actors can make the best superstars. That's why The Rock is as awesome as he is because he can portray a heel and a babyface. And that's why he's such a great actor because he has that attention to detail, like you said before. And, you know, even look at Edge on Haven. I mean, he's put a lot into that character, just like he put everything into his characters in the WWE. Exactly. 
Great comparison, because Edge is another one that yeah, can so also even play I know one of your favorites, Christian, will be guest starring on November 28th. I saw that. So yep. any, any fans who haven't checked out Haven, that is the week to do it. Exactly. Both Edge and Christian will be on Haven together in a couple more weeks. That should be pretty cool. But switching gears here, want to talk about one more thing before we go off the air. Last night on Monday Night Raw, Mark Henry and Big Show having their Survivor Series match early. Mark Henry, the heel, what do you see as being next for uh, Mark Henry, RJ? No, you're not the biggest fan of the few, so were you happy as well as as I was that we got this match beforehand? Yes, very yes. happy. <laughs> made sure I did not watch the match because I... Just another few that we've seen so many times and no one cares. Do you think Mark Henry will join Team Authority as will Rusev? Uh, I think Mark Henry will. I don't think Rusev will. Who do you think else joins Authority? Uh, Rollins, Kane. I know we said Joey Mercury and Jamie Noble, but I don't think they're going to have them join it. Because I think, like they said last night, they're looking for like the best guys to do it yeah. and portrayed as like losers. So Henry, Rollins, Kane... I still think Oren's going to be on the team. I don't care what anyone says. I still think Oren. And I think that's the route that they should have taken and then have him turn on the team. You know, I think last night was great. That was a strong angle to close the show. But I still think that in his hometown of St. Louis, you could have come out as part of the authority and then have him turn on that team and then join Team Cena. I don't really – I just can't see him join. They might just do it, have, have him come out as a surprise member of Team Cena that night. They'll still get the huge pop either way. I could see them – the thing about Orin, which I could easily see them doing, is having... They could really put a lot of storylines throughout the match. If they do have Rusev on Team Authority, maybe they do have him beat Cena. And that would look bad on Cena. Oh, and then yeah. after he beats Cena, Orin slides in, hits him in the RKO, wins it for Team Cena. So like that would get Orin over. He ended the Authority's run as Authority. Yep. That Cena lost to Rusev, so that would look bad for Cena. Rusev gets over on Cena on like and kind of like... Not a one-on-one on one match. Not a one-on-one yeah. on one match, people, so no one would cry because he <laughs> lost. But, like, they could, and then hopefully Kane falls in a ditch and is coming back anytime soon. He'll probably and, be one of the first eliminated. I can oh, he will be, like, that. a breaking record elimination. <laughs> and then uh, Cena, like, the Usos, Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler's confirmed, and C- obviously Cena's Usos confirmed. are definitely going to be there, too. No, I see them doing a multi-man match with the tag team Who titles. else would be on Team Cena, though? That's what I'm thinking. Big I don't Show. Know. Big Show, Mark Henry on opposite teams, and if they do Rusev and Sheamus on opposite teams too, but then what do you do for the undercard? That's what I'm thinking. Exactly. Uh, who's the, oh, shit. Diva title match, the tag team title match. I just don't know what else you do. If they're not going to do Big Show and Henry again, thank God. But, I mean, I don't know who else. I mean, even throwing a... Speaking of that. But since the uh, Wyatt family split up, why not throw in the Harper versus Rowan on the card? They wouldn't have Harper as a runner. You know, see who was the better disciple of the two. I don't. They might try to push both of them. So I don't know if they would put them against each other. It would be an interesting matchup, but I don't know what they're trying to do with either guy. I mean, I Harper s- obviously has. Rowan, I didn't see the Rowan segment. What was Did Rowan? That? No, Did he he was, like, it was an interview segment with Renee Young, and he was like, he called her pretty or something like that. It was like Festus two point It was really really weird. Did he have like the same shit on? Yeah, and the and the, and the landmass too. Uh, he was watching See No Evil with Kane last week on SmackDown. Like he's just involved in these really weird backstage segments. So he is back apparently, but he's not with the Wyatt family. He's on his he's own. He's back, now. but he's not all there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very fair within the Wyatt family. I don't think he was ever all there. So what were you saying about Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt? I think I just don't know what they're doing with that shit. I was so pissed last night because they had the match with Ambrose and Cesaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hit the hit the vignette, and then they went to commercial. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell's happening? Like, I see, I'm like, all right, sweet. Like, grab my bull popcorn, sit down. Like, all right, why it's coming out? 
And then it's like Dave and Buster's commercial. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on right here? Like, that was then they confusing. come back and he's rocking on the chair, and I'm like, and that was it too. They had exactly, Ambrose beat exactly. The star. I'm like, it? all right, Ambrose will go after him. Then they cut another vignette, and then he's gone. I'm like. You gotta make it like some physicality here. Like I don't want to see Bray Wyatt cut promos and vignettes and no altercation. Like this is to be these two psycho lunatics. Disturb, There's so no reason. Disturb why beings. Disturb. They always use the stupidest saying. Is that too. what they say now? They always say like, buzzword. <laughs> like disturb, like disturb Dean Ambrose. Like they just need to get some context because if they just keep like doing like these little run-ins and nothing happening, no one's gonna buy into their feud. And it sucks because both guys do need wins. And it would just what would it wouldn't do anything for Wyatt if he lost, and it, if he lost, it would be worse for him. And then if Ambrose lost, I think Ambrose could still keep losing, and no one would care. If Wyatt kept losing, people would be like, "All right, this guy sucks. He hasn't won in so long." Yeah, yeah, because Ambrose is such a strong character. I mean, everyone said he came out stronger in the feud with Seth when he lost pretty much every match. I think both guys have strong characters. It's just Wyatt's is more. It's complex. just a lose lose situation. It's a more complex. It's like more of an Undertaker. Yeah. It's more of like the gimmick more than his. Like, I think his like character's over. Losses. Yeah, exactly. He just has no credibility. Yeah. He after, needs a, yeah. He needs a strap. Mean, he needs a like strap. His character doesn't even care if he wins. He just wants to fight. Give and that's the, what a lot of people care about. They don't care if Dean loses or wins. They just want him to kick his opponent's ass. Give him, uh, give him that icy strap. Give him the icy Bray. strap. Bray needs the icy strap. Who's the icy yeah. champion right now? Ziggler. Ziggler. Ziggler, Bray Wyatt is a feud I could see down the road. I need, he needs it. I thought that's what they were going credibility. for. The thing that's... Uh, I, I like... I had the... a moment to ask you guys about something, though. Uh, what do you guys think of the uh, vignette for Xavier Woods on Raw last night? That Let's was see. weird as all hell. It was I like saw a, the Luke Luke Harper one with the eyes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. thing was. I was like, this is so weird. Yeah, that was. I did not see the Xavier Woods. Or I could care less. I hate Xavier. It was Woods. like James Brown. Like it was very, very weird. It was like a stereotypical African American gimmick. Like I don't know why they're yeah. trying to do. I it. I think it was like a Reverend. They said. Yeah, yeah, it's like Reverend. Know, Reverend Dio. We do Reverend Click or something like that. But yeah. I'm just glad that a guy like Xavier Woods, who's been wasted since coming to the main roster, is getting something. And I can only hope that that will come for Adam Rose one of these, or soon nah. enough. Another guy who they brought up with no plan and they kind of got lost along the way for some reason. It's it's more yeah. the fact his gimmick has no direction than his... It's so limited. You can't do much with his gimmick because he's just a part, like a party guy. Like It's been done yeah, so it's, many the times. The gimmick itself, I don't think it was the problem. It just needed a few to get off the ground and get over. Yeah, and yeah, never had a few. with a lot of these guys. They call them up, and they have nothing for them. Exactly. It's more you know, that's what they did with Emma. That's what they did with Lloyd. And now that's how Adam Rose has been suffering. I think it's more the fact that, Once like... they get something, if they got an actual feud for him, he might be in a better position. I just don't think, like... You can't only do, like, getting a feud with some guy because the bunny hits him. Like, they did that with, like, Jack Swagger, like, during his matches. Like, they'd come out with, like, the Rosebuds would come out. But you can only do that so many times, and... Uh, I think the gimmick just very limited, just like a Fandango. He really, he's not, he's not even on TV anymore. It's a very limited gimmick. You can't really start anything. The guy's a dancer. There's only so many things you can pretty much make up for a gimmick standpoint or storyline standpoint. He has no credibility. I mean, if Fandango, they gave a chance to really. Man, he had a chance. Rose never really got that chance. Never really got any of a feud going. Or it's anything. more the fact that Fandango was really over at the time. I don't think Admiral's has very been over since he's. He, he hasn't exactly. Been over at all. Fandango at least at WrestleMania was over. The night after he was over. I just think that like if you gave Fandango Adam, got over because of his music and because he had Chris Jericho to work with. Something. To be fair, that's the only thing he really had going for him. I just think that and how he's fallen 
since then kind of showed that they had nothing going for him other than music. At least they didn't give him the title, though. I feel like maybe if you gave Fandango a run, maybe it would have worked, but I don't see Adam Rose doing anything anytime soon. Well, that's where they went wrong with Fandango, because he was supposed to go for that Intercontinental Championship at Payback last year, I think it was. And then he got injured, injured yep. and then he came back and he was dead. And he's been dead of the water ever since. But what were we talking yeah. about before this? Oh, Xavier Woods. Like, I like the fact that they're actually giving him something to do. He's very, very talented. But I, I don't know. I really like the potential of the the Xavier Woods Big E Kofi stable. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but how much can you do with that right now? What Maybe. would you have them do? Is the thing is, what would you Maybe have them the do? Maybe the stable isn't dead yet. Maybe they're just using this new gimmick to reinvent Woods, and then he'll bring in those guys. To it's possible. I just like I got I get like people want to say like they want them to kind of be like the new nation domination you know, against the authority, but. When they, when they tried to bring that stable around initially, you know, there was the authority, there was the Wyatt family. There were a lot of stables already, and now that the Wyatt family has broken up, uh, the authority might be breaking up the Survivor Series. Maybe now is the time to bring in that stable. I think it's more the fact that what do you do with them? I, I get, like, people want to say they're going against the authority, but they're not going to go right to the main event. They're not going to win titles anytime soon. How much credibility do you have if Xavier Woods wins a title? He's been a loser like these other guys the last couple of months, years, they had their high points. Kofi Kingston went from high to low. Like He was got over yeah, Money in the Bank this year, and then he kind of dropped off. Like he, I thought he was going to win Money in the Bank. They kind of like teased it a little bit. He did. The friends did. were crazy. The, you were I there. was there. It was you crazy. There. I thought he was going to win it. Scenario, I yeah, so. I thought he was going to win it. Then obviously that didn't happen. But after Money in the Bank, I don't think he's been... Really? Well, he was dead in the water before that. But I mean, still, there's something. I was like, shit, Like he actually might win. Like I never thought that. Biggie. Had his intercontinental on the run, hit the toilet science. Xavier Woods never really had a chance to get off the ground. So All guys have been perceived as losers. So if they were to be well, brought Kofi's, up right now. Kofi had, has had no, 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 a decent career. Like in, in, in the me- oh, in the meantime. recently, yes. Yeah, recently. In the long team, I think, yeah. Co- Kofi, Kofi's been pretty successful as the mid-card guy team. that he should be. Like, yeah. he's not main event guy, so he's more of a mid-card. He's yeah. won the IC title in the United States Championship and tag team championship a couple times. Yeah, so a number of times. He has his credibility. So if anything, like, bring him back. But I don't see them... I just don't see them flourishing right now in the yeah. WWE uh, landscape. I don't know what they do with Xavier Woods. Like like Jared just said, I'm glad he's being given a chance to shine, but with this gimmick, I just don't see what they could do with it. Like with Luke Harper, like the whole gimmick, if he keeps what he does before, like he was doing before, but he's not perceived as like Bray Wyatt's sidekick without Bray Wyatt. If he goes off on his own, I think he has a lot of potential. Like right now, and they need strong heels. That's what they need right now. They don't need any more comedy gimmicks. Los freaking Matadors and everything else in the roster. It's right also now. like he came in as a comedy character oh, with the R Truth dancing, doing the old Brodus Clay shtick. And Adam Rose? No, uh, Xavier Woods. He had the Xavier, same, yeah, 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 yeah. same music. You like, get paired with R Truth, you're immediately dead. Or just like Brodus Clay or that gimmick that is ne- like the dancing gimmick has never worked it's so really. So limited. Two cools, only one to get it done, and that was well, a tattoo. They got to give it to people that aren't going to go past a certain level. Like, I don't think Brodus Clay could have been a world champion, but no. I think he was better than that dancing gimmick. I think he could have gotten over as a heel. Xavier Woods, you go back Very and watch his work in TNA. Was being given a shot to be the uh, enforcer type that he was supposed to be. Granted, it's in TNA with Ethan Carter III, but still, at least he's getting something. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of these guys that are given all these dumb gimmicks don't deserve it. Like, a Johnny Curtis, I think, is more deserving of something like that because he's a great wrestler. 
Like, I don't know why they don't give these dumb gimmicks to the people who suck. You know what I mean? Like, like we, the thing is, I feel like all the talent has talent, so it's not like you can give it to someone that just... Like, it's not like anyone in the main rush that just sucks. Well, there is the great Kali, and they did give him the dancing gimmick. They did gimmick. give him the dancing <laughs> gimmick, so yeah. Like, and Hornswoggle. Yeah, and Hornswoggle. Like, I'm trying to think of people who suck that they can give a gimmick like this to. You know Slater, what I mean? He kind of has that already. Yeah, Tires like a level... Yeah, like he fits his role give gimmicks to suck that that suck to talented performers because really that's the only way they're gonna people aren't gonna revolt against them I mean that's why 3MB state had had a loyal fan base for a little while because they had two guys like Keith Slater and Drew McIntyre to sell the gimmick you know a lot of people still don't like Jinder Mahal I don't know why but you know I, I think it's pretty much comes down to how much I think every guy there they're professional wrestlers so obviously they're good at their trade besides the great Kali and Kane <laughs> but I think obviously sometimes you're going to get a bad sh- deal Triple H got a bad deal when he started wrestling he didn't have the best gimmick pretty much like you were saying earlier Damon Sandow t- is taking the worst gimmick one of the worst gimmicks that you could probably give in, and he's gold. making it gold. He's doing better than The Miz is doing it in his own gimmick. <laughs> Everyone's way over on Sandow, and no one really cares about The Miz, really. Everyone wants to see Sandow in the ring, but we keep giving The Miz. I just think that Sand- well, That's leading somewhere, at least. I exactly. Know. I think Sandow was over as his like gimmick before, but they really never gave him anything. They kind of screwed him over with the whole Money in the Bank thing. I thought he could have had... I think he could have had a World Heavyweight title run. It still was the time when World Heavyweight title was still around, so yeah, yeah. it's still. I'm not saying that's the best thing ever, but yeah. Jack Swagger, that's not. Well, after I, I think the thing with Sandow, and I don't mean to go on a whole tirade because we're going to wrap it up right now, but the whole thing with the whole Money in the Bank thing was that after he won it, like he could have been a world champion, but then after he won it, he lost every match he was involved in. Yeah. And at that point, if he cashed in successfully, it's something that I don't think a lot of people realize. Say he beat John Cena that night for the World Heavyweight Championship. He would have had the, one of the worst world title reigns in recent history, much like Jack Swagger. Because remember when Jack Swagger won the World Heavyweight title slash the money in the bank? Before he won that, he was a loser. So people didn't see him as any one of a threat as champion. They didn't see him as a threat to win the money in the bank. Yeah, exactly Daniel Bryan was much as much of a loser when he won money in the bank, losing match after match after match. His reign was actually interesting just because he managed to get new to uh, establish it as a better gimmick. I think that speaks to his talent. Maybe Sandow could have done that as well, but I definitely agree because Sandow, come on, the only matches around that time where he looked anywhere close to credible were the ones against John Cena. Yeah, but, Indeed, yeah. Yeah, but after losing so many matches, you don't look so credible. Exactly. So when you had that world championship. And he isn't the, it's not like he's the best wrestler they have. Daniel Bryan can work with anyone. He's probably the best technical wrestler they have. So. And he turned heel after exactly. that, too. He had a great heel run when he was Exactly. He can run heel or face. I yeah, like Sando, Sando could have adapted his gimmick and become more aggressive if he were to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Like, we'll never know, obviously. But I just think that had he won the world title on that night, a lot of people blame John Cena. It's not James, John Cena's fault. It was just bad timing. Like, they made him lose to guys like Santino and R-Truth, like, every week. You get to that point. You can't, beat R- can't lose to R-Truth and beat John Cena the and next week. And then become world champion. Yeah, exactly. You can't it put a zero-star match on main event against R-Truth and try to get a four-star match against John Cena. It just doesn't great, happen. Exactly. They had a Even great if he match. does win, you're just like, wow, wow, the hell. He just lost to Santino last week on Superstars, and now he's beating Cena. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense. And I think he kind of got the short end of the stick, but it's... Business. So. Yeah, it's a year later though, but he's making the most of the gimmick yeah. that he has. So that's gonna wrap it up though. Here on Wrestle Rant Radio, it's been a fun conversation. Jared, thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, if you want to plug your stuff, thank you for let having you go. me, Graham. No, no problem, man. If you want to plug your Facebook, Twitter, blog, anything you got going on, feel free to plug it, man. All right, guys. Um, 
Like I said, that will do it for me. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at JJF Tweets. You can add me, Jared Jackson Ferris, on Facebook. And, you know, that's just going to do it for us tonight. Sounds good, Jared. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Have a good night, man. See you later. This is Captain signing out. See you, man. Have a good night. All right, you too. And RJ, of course, your shout-outs and everything else. <sighs> I'm pretty tired, but I can get a couple shout-outs out there. Cam, Molly, Jeff, Shannon, Graham, anyone else? I don't care. I'm tired. <laughs> at Raymond underscore Marceau and uh, Ray Marceau on YouTube and at Russell Rant. And I think we're right, 10-page paper. 10-page paper for work class? Sport, governance, and law. Ooh, rough. I got four pages done already, though. Oh, there you go. Yeah, then you right. go back later and watch Rivalries on the Network. <laughs> I see how it works. The oh. Rock is on Monday Night Wars this week, by the way. I oh, watched I'll definitely it. watch that one. I obviously. watched it earlier today. It was actually pretty good. Was it better than the Goldberg one? Yeah, I think it was better than Goldberg. Goldberg Rock was so was... entertaining that I love anything that he Goldberg does. The Goldberg one was just too recycled. I've seen too much of, like, Goldberg. The whole Monday Night Wars and thing, all... I like the series. It's but... just not like he had, like... It's just like it's not like he's so charismatic. Like everyone else, like the Jericho one, I really enjoy. Like that was I just, a good one, yeah. I just think like the old the old WCW stuff that I've seen, like it's just the same recycled. Like the Jericho, like the Bischoff. I think they've shown like the Bischoff when he said it's like the same interview. <laughs> it's the same interview. I was to say that he he's right above the arena. Yep. It's the same yep. freaking interview. They use the same interview all the time. It's always like I did this stuff and WWE did that. I How think much they. Footage they exactly. with this guy. In I think they. I literally think they've used like. Whatever WWE did, I tried to be the exact opposite. I think they've used it in every single episode. Every episode. They had one. Actually, did have a 2007 interview with. Jer- yeah, they did. Yeah, I saw that. Li- yeah, I think I saw that one about Jericho last last time they was on. But they need to bring him in one more time. Not even for an in ring appearance or anything. Not even for an on air appearance. Just to film another freaking interview. Maybe they can have him. Maybe have him come back as manager. GM, F- GM, GM, F- GM ever did. as authority leaves. I would love to see that. I think Eric Bischoff is great. I love Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Best Raw GM in history. He was, he turned t- WCW into something. Kind of got out of hand. Kind of overkill with the whole NWO thing. They kind of overstate yeah, that way too his, much. He has his faults. Obviously, he's a great his air talent. Obviously, right, you know? but I think he, like he plays like that perfect like dick he, heel. He looks like such a douche though. Exactly. You know? He's such a great heel. <laughs> looks like the biggest dickhead ever. But exactly. I don't know. I think I think he could have another run. Absolutely. I think he's going to succeed as the GM no matter what. So I look forward to the day that Eric Bischoff eventually does return yeah. to WWE because I think it's happening rather sooner rather than later, especially now that he's done with TNA. But that's going to close at WrestleRant Radio this week. You can find me on Facebook at Graham Gison Matthews at WrestleRant on the Twitter. Also, nextairwrestling.weebly.com if you want to find all the archived editions of WrestleRant Radio and everything else in between. We will be back next Tuesday night with another edition of WrestleRant Radio at live365.com backslash stations backslash 365 stations or ECTV 73, I'm sorry. Um, We'll see you then, folks. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.